thank you so much, Igor, for for joining me today. I'm I'm super excited. We finally get to to do this. I know we've been trying to to get out for for a while, and you know, life happens. And 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 here, I think we're at a really good time just to talk about your journey, your, your passion, your 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 hurdles, your successes, your journey so far. It's been all encompassing, my man. So I I kind of want to start as early as you want. You know, you, you talk a, a little bit about how you know empathy is is a big part of you know, what guide you a little bit. So, so maybe talk about, you know, yep. early on in your childhood and, and we'll get through all the way through, through now, man, and, and just talk about uh, your inspiring path. Super bro. I'm uh, stoked and excited because, you know, I'm a fan of your platform uh, way, way back already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they say sometimes that you need peers to stay sane. Huh? Otherwise they say, yeah, but you with your crazy IDs. So you <laughs> need to find a few peers to feel supported uh, in, in the mission. So I'm very happy to uh, uh, talk to you today, bro. At the age of 40, I a little bit found, found out what makes you tick. Why do you do what you do? I had no clue before uh, mm. because really think about it. Uh, people started asking a lot of questions about my personal life, my drivers, mm. my culture, my DNA. So then you're forced to really dig deep. And I think it goes back really, really, really young. And like mostly with artists and athletes and, and misfits, as I call them, it goes back to your childhood or your youth. And for me, I had a very bad uh, childhood, uh, a crazy mom, no dad. So I was four to 12 and I didn't feel well at home. I was a lot in the street, a little bit of a a favela kid. So I was, uh, and so what What do you do as child? You sort of uh, go into a virtual or uh, uh, artificial world to put your mind on other things. I really watched a lot of space and sci-fi. We had a neighbor that was working for NASA. So uh, the moments I could, I run away to him to, to watch NASA movies. Mm -hmm. But I, I had no clue. Later in life, you find out that you are a sort of a space sci-fi kid and that you are very much into science fiction, imagination. And um, I went into, uh, I left uh, uh, home. I lived in a few foster homes for three, four years. And then I was um, transferred, luckily for me, to my grandparents, the parents of my mother, who are very mm -hmm. traditional, old school, but very sweet uh, people, but also very old school. They learned me at a young age, uh, listen, Igor, media have always played a very important role in humanity and society because in shady regimes, dictatorships or whatever, if you control the media, you control 80 to 90% of the people. Mm. And that, that later in life had a big impact on who I am and what, uh, what I do and why I do what I do. No, and I skip forward a little bit. So uh, uh, the tough childhood, it's, they say that you create uh, high empathy and sympathy. Mm. I feel for misfits. I want to help the underdogs. I, don't, I cannot stand injustice. And in my path, uh, I developed a little bit into a professional football player, soccer. We say in Europe, of course, <laughs> yes. uh, I played at a, a famous club in Holland, AZ, and then in Switzerland. Uh, and then at 24, I was uh, kicked out. And it's not a sad story with uh, Ow, my knee. No, to be honest, I had a Slatan Ibrahimovic mentality, uh, but not his qualities. So mm. then, uh, Igor, you know what? Go and be a rock star, live in Ibiza, <laughs> whatever you do. Uh, you, <laughs> have, you have different qualities, maybe with your mouth. And my grandmother had always said the same to me. You're going to end up as a public speaker, Igor. Trust me. Mm -hmm. So at 24, I was kicked out of professional football. I really hit ground zero because you are being stripped away from your identity, your passion, right. Right. your purpose, your money, your income, everything. Uh, university in Amsterdam had already expelled me because they said, well, Igor, with your, uh, your appearance here, maybe you should do something else. And I thought, <laughs> 
fuck it, I'm going to be a professional football player. I, I am a professional football player anyway. Who needs education? So sure. at, at ground zero uh, at, at age 24. And and I think that's the whole part of a bigger course and being a misfit and um, developing yourself into somebody that cares for the greater good. I always had huge admiration for uh, Nelson Mandela and, uh, for example, later Malala Yousafzai, people with a greater course. And they even risk their own lives or... Mm. That, that admiration brought me to decisions in life that I still have to take today. Uh, I have a 20-year-old son and I told him, listen, do you really, really support dad's mission? Because one day a shady regime is going to arrest your dad like they do with public speakers, journalists, writers. Mm-hmm. It's a very dangerous profession, especially now. So in 50 countries, I will be arrested at the airport when I even enter. So I have to be very, very careful. And and honestly, I'm not. So you have to look yourself in the mirror and and say to yourself, can you live with the consequences of the choices and do what you do? And is that, you know, it's always, you know, I actually had a conversation yesterday with with a friend of mine and, you know, he was talking about, um, you know, doing what I do and and sort of like the journalist and stuff. And I had to stop him and I said, look, I I don't want to be labeled as as a journalist because- What they do to me is one of the most impressive uh, things you can do in life. I, I, I am nowhere near what they do. I don't sacrifice nearly what they do, right, as, yeah. as true journalists, right? Journalism has got, obviously gotten a little bit away from us <laughs> these yeah, days, yeah. right? A little bit. A true yeah, journalist, yeah. right? I, I think yeah. I have so much admiration, a- admiration for them. You know, I, I really want to – I'm not, I'm not on that – level i can never be what they be because they are because they're just in my heart they just hold a special place and i have tons of respect for them and i know that i am not equal to sort of them and what they do because you know like you said there's there can be severe consequences right for for doing the you know these certain things in in certain areas of the world or or speaking about certain things but i guess talk about that yeah just that choice you made like just you know being not I guess a phrase, a, a bad term, but just not, I guess no, not caring about the consequences. No, it's about being afraid. And I have to look my, and, and this is a very good question. You know why? A lot of people see me as a arrived guy. I made exits and uh, I look mm-hmm. cool on a stage in a black suit, white beard, white sneakers. So everybody sees the cool part. I try to explain to them, listen, have you seen my topics? I get uh, banned on social media from shadow bands to really banned. Uh, I speak up against shady regimes. Uh, I have had an ESTA ban in the US for two years because I said something in a big media conference in New York. I think mm-hmm. Trump was elected for two years. The only thing I said in the stage, I'm of course very bold and outspoken. I'm not okay. going to play a victim here. But I said in the conference, really simple, listen people, uh, it's not the, the Mexicans that are taking... Uh, low-schooled American jobs. It's robots, automation, and AI. One, why are you misinforming or lying to the American people? Two, how are we going to re-educate them? Three, why are we building a wall? And if it's robots and automation, uh, maybe he should build a firewall to keep them out. Mm. <laughs> in trending on Twitter, I cannot help that. It's out of my hands. So when I landed back in uh, in Ibiza, Spain, uh, I got a phone call from my manager. Igor, can you call me? I said, yeah, of course. She said, well done. How did your speech go in, uh, in uh, New York? He said, I don't know. I think it was okay. She said, well, <laughs> I got a message from ESTA FBI. You're banned for two years. You can no longer enter uh, the US for two years. So I have to cancel all your talks for the couple 
coming two years. You've lost your market there. Thank you. <laughs> so, wow. No, no, that's only one. That is not dangerous. It's only money. Uh, sure. But yeah, of course, you may, you cannot scale your message to a specific audience anymore um, uh, live on stage. Uh, do you remember when Shamal Khashoggi, the Syrian uh, journalist, wrote something about um, a United uh, uh, Arab Emirates and he was killed in the, in the embassy in Istanbul? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a 2018, a whole big thing where there yep. were CCTV cameras, doppelgangers. It was like a, a James Bond movie. The horrible thing is he was killed in the embassy because he, he speaks... He speaks up or he writes something that people dislike. Two months after that, I speak in Istanbul. Somebody asked me a little bit about, uh, uh, in the Q&A, journalists, how do you feel about uh, freedom of speech and Turkey and whatever? I said, well, uh, are you a stand-up comedian? You want to join me on stage? Or (laughs) what are you talking about freedom of speech uh, here in this country? Are you serious? I already saw four guys, big guys, gorillas, walking in the venue. And I thought, oh, fuck. So I got arrested seven days uh, in a cell. Uh, that doesn't go really friendly, I can tell you. And if that is two months past the the, the, the killing of a journalist, well, then I thought, when I return and get home, I need to sit down with my son and talk to him because this mm. mission is going to be dangerous. It's out mm. of my hands. I'm not going to shut up, shut up anyway because I made myself and my grandparents a, prom- a promise. I would stand up and speak up no matter what. So, yeah, th- th- so people don't see that. And and that is a good question because how far are you willing to take it? So uh, far, pretty far. I'm willing to die in the battlefield. And uh, that makes me exceptional because there's not many people that are willing to do that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying you still, you know, do, you know, conferences and, and do yeah. these talks. And, and, and yeah. so there is, I guess, another part to it where there are people open to conversations yeah. and you know disagreements at a you know a, a conscious level where we can talk about these things right just because you don't agree with something doesn't no, mean that, it's that the end of the conversation because nowadays of course mainstream media we've seen the last two years what happens there's a lot of censoring and uh, and, and propaganda big tech is of course also part of that uh, that game so if they shut your voice down and there's uh, my goal is to scale my message and my mission uh, their mission is to, to 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 make me silent so that is that is quite a, a difficult challenge of course and this is how i come from the world of communities and tribes when i zoom back to when i start entrepreneurial shit uh, i started and founded five marketing community tribe businesses in the past mm-hmm. i sold three of them in 2008 to wpp group m the largest media network on the planet uh, and the fun part is uh, it was a lot of money uh, in total i made five exits and uh, 80% of all my money I gave it to, I invested it in 24 social startups. I call it People Planet Prosperity Companies. Wow. They make the world a cleaner and better place. And at that moment, I also explained my friends. I said, listen, I'm not here for money and Bentleys. I don't give a shit. I don't like to brag or to, uh, I, I'd rather give that money to startups, companies, people, education that, that really need it. So for me, it, there is two choices. I can re- relax until I'm as old as Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Sit on the beach and do luxury shit and don't care at all. A little bit like the Kim Kardashian role, luxury, Forbes, billionaire and other kind of bullshit. Or I can choose the Malala role, the Pakistani girl that Mm -hmm. stood up up against the Taliban, got a bullet in her brain, luckily survived. She won a Nobel Prize. But this is difficult, Grant, because now you come in a world, if I compare myself in the middle of Malala and Kim, 
Malala does good uh, with risking her own life. She got 2.3 million followers on Instagram. Kim, uh, with her fake shit, she got 330 million followers. So that moment, you know that if you are authentic and you do good for the world, you're not interesting and people leave you behind. Mm. And if, you, if you're Gary Vee or Kim and you make a lot of bullshit, you, you, you get the hypes and the following. So I have to look every day in the mirror to ask myself, do I want to continue this mission? Yes, I do. What do you think has, I guess, coming from you know, building marketing startups Yes. before, I guess, the, the sort of, not necessarily before social media, right? But yeah, way before now it's, social media, bro. Yeah, I mean, I, now it's, it's such a different landscape, right? Yes. When, when, when dealing with quote unquote marketing and, and yeah. just all, whatever goes into it. How, I guess when you, when you maybe talk to people now about using their, their quote unquote voice, right? And, and I look, me and you, we, I talk to a lot of impact founders, right? People, you know, trying to build, you know, businesses that, you know, real businesses that have a real impact in, in a community, right? Maybe both locally, yes. domestically, internationally, right? And they're trying to cut through all the noise too, but maybe they're not, they don't have that ability to do social media, right? Like some people can do it very well, right? They, they, they're much more of an executor and a builder rather than yeah. being in front of the camera, right? I guess how, how can people that are not comfortable, right, with kind of being in the spotlight and being the focal point still leverage these new sort of platforms and technologies to to build their causes, right, slash their businesses, right, for what they want to achieve? Super question. Well, I have to be realistic to give some of the context again. Yeah. I, I launched and started, I'm ahead of the game, yeah. mostly. 10 years ahead. That sounds very cool, but it's not because for 10 years, people say you're an idiot. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I need you. I need some peers to, to tell me, no, I have the same idea you're saying. So ahead of the game means I started La Comunidad, uh, a marketing agency to build communities and tribes around brands and artists. So pre-social media. A few years later, I started a social media business called Social Media Aid, 2005, six, and I sold it in 2008. Can you imagine a, a community marketing yeah, wow. social media agency sell it in 2008? Most of the people didn't even know what it was talking about, but WPP was clever and smart, and they say, this is the future. Can you do the same for the biggest brands that we have? Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola, Nike. Said, yeah, that's, what, that's why I started this business. I need your help for global clients to scale my business. I have the IDs, but no global scale. Right. Then I came into a world that, that still today uh, surprises me. Social media and vanity metrics for 10 years mm -hmm. or more. I have seen the biggest brand, brands on the world in the world, like Coca-Cola, for example, 10 years ago. They asked me, Igor, we have 60 million fans on Coca-Cola.com. Can you help us to migrate them to Facebook? He said, well, <laughs> is this a joke? So you have direct relations. <laughs> you own your own fan relations in your IP, and you want to go to fans on lease and give it to Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook, who in the future will make you pay to, to connect to your right. own fans. Oh, are, you, are you the global CMO here? Are you Okay. After two years, they, they, they were like, and I asked them, can you tell me why? What is the reason that you want to go from owning right. your own brand? Right. Yeah, because we then show everybody on Facebook that we're bigger than Pepsi. Oh, so goodness. mine is bigger Vanities. than... Vanity metrics, like you said, huh? Yeah. Yes, yes. Now I help a lot of, and then the circle is around. I come from communities and tribes and, and I work with a lot of course artists and athletes also 
impact investors and uh, social entrepreneurs with um, course artists. They have big, big, big 10, 20, 50 million followers and fans. They, of course, now know that one, they have to go through the walled gardens. Uh, Spotify and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Apple taking 30% of your of your cut. Had to squeeze artists like lemons. Mark Zuckerberg and Meta wants to take 47.5%. So we're awake now. We, we see that there is walled gardens. Next, big tech can censor any message. If I, if I speak the truth or facts, they can shadow ban me or ban me or squeeze my reach. And next, you have fans on lease. So the stupid thing we all did, artists, athletes, and brands for 10 years. We bought a house on, on leased ground. Mm. And, and mm-hmm. we need to pay Zuckerberg and other people to, to connect to our own fans. Shall I repeat this? You need to pay every time you want to connect to 90, 95% yeah. of your yeah. own fans. The, 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 the model is broken. So I go back to La Comodidad 2.0. I help again brands and artists to build up their own IP, build up their own media channels. I can say in my blog what I want to say, nobody can censor it. And I have my own fan relations. I don't depend on any social media channel at all. I don't say to artists and people, uh, get out of social media, no, but use social media as a funnel to build your own IP, your own media, your own uncensored voice of reason and build up direct relationships with your own fans. And then you can go into programs that I call course artists and uh, and athletes. They dig the story, own your own IP, own your fan relationships, maybe even scale uh, with your fans Ask them to do crowdfunding, give your your streaming rights to a good cause, launch an NFT to do a good program. And then then I work with, for example, uh, Novak Djokovic, the tennis player, uh, legendary in the last two years, standing up against the vaccine and, and strange rules. He doesn't choose to take the vaccine. So he's been kicked out of uh, Australia Open. His foundation is helping young entrepreneurs and kids. I, I really admire him big time. Serena Williams. A course athlete, she has, she backs 60 social startups and she has a social fund of 111 million. Mm. Uh, can you imagine if Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, a, a super role model with 500 million fans, if he asked the fans to crowdfund or to give them uh, $1 per fan per year, he has $500 million to, to give whole Africa education, food and, 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 and football qualities, for example. Right. So I really believe that Course artists, athletes, social entrepreneurs. Let me not forget Bojan Slot, yeah, the, the Serbian Dutch guy with the ocean cleanup mm-hmm. who's, who's making our oceans plastic free, crowdfunded. I think very pragmatic and simple, Grant. I think what if we find and fund nine more Bojans? Right. Our, our oceans could be plastic free in 2030, not 2040. So I'm very pragmatic in this approach. A lot of uh, artists, that's why I'm also based in Ibiza. This is, of course, a hub where I meet a lot of DJs and, uh, and yeah. entrepreneurs and athletes who are really interested in those programs because, one, they want to control their own IP, fan relationships, uh, etc. They don't want to depend on social media anymore. Uh, and two, they all have a heart and a soul and the power of uh, mobilizing their network of fans to do good. So now we become in a very, very powerful movement that, that we can push or pull three billion, three and a half billion fans if we combine all artists and athletes to do good. That, that would mean that we don't even need politics anymore to, 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 to make the world a greener, fairer, better place. And I really, really believe in that. It's tricky because you'll see, you know, especially with these big, big athletes, you know, have big endorsement deals, right? Yes. 
and and sometimes it it, it feels like uh, they're not silenced by social media or silenced by a certain government. They're silenced by their paycheck because they can't they can't ruffle the feathers of certain yeah. co- right because if you, a certain corporation pays you, you're you c- might not be able to speak what you want to talk about because. But, but I, see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of artists, established artists. It also, honestly, uh, I must be honest about that. Boyan Slot started very young. Most people have a curve in life. 20 mm-hmm. to 30, you, you need to finish your education, find a job, maybe start a relationship or whatever. 30 to 40, you, ne- you need to make some money and, and to be able to live your life and build up your future, maybe for kids and whatever. 40 to 50, you come in other. Most of the athletes and artists, if you come a little bit more mature, you don't have to worry anymore about your own financial situation. Mm-hmm. I, I speak to a lot of course artists and athletes and they, and they tell me this. I check if they genuinely care for the greater good and if they're willing to use the talent, skills and network to change the world. So there is many mature, established, successful people that have made it. They don't care. They really want to give back and they are really willing. And that is the cool thing. I'm a futurist. And I didn't know a little bit of a course artist, but most of the artists have extreme skills to be constantly looking uh, at the world around them and imagine possibilities. That is what futurists do. And most of them, the misfits or people with a bad upbringing or just people with a beautiful heart and soul, I call them purpose-driven leaders or people with a true North Star. So if you select the right people, they have money enough. They already have a following. They, they want to give back. They cannot spend all the money. What what do you do with all the the millions or the billions? Take them to your grave? (laughs) That doesn't really work. So uh, if you make that selection, you come up with a group of very caring, powerful people that can really change the world. And to give you an example um, in entrepreneurship, which are also, I work with a lot of social entrepreneurs. I call them the the Boyans, Boyans (laughs) Love. No, but similar people. I have people in my social startups, they can really change the world, but they need help. They need network. They need uh, introductions, impact investors. They need marketing. They need skills. But the cool thing about it is we're now out of 7.2 billion people on the planet. Five, 6% is an entrepreneur. Around 400 million people in the world are entrepreneurs. Hmm. Can you imagine if we doubled it to 12, 15%, 800 million, 600 to 800 million entrepreneurs. And from that group, we get more buoyance, social entrepreneurship, together with impact investors, mm-hmm. the, uh, the people that can make an impact, uh, Richard Branson, the buoyance, the, even the business leaders with the heart and the soul can make an incredible big difference in this, in this world. We don't need to sit and wait for uh, politicians to do that why why are we waiting we can do a lot of the things ourselves and if we combine the power of athletes cristiano ronaldo uh, people that are willing to give back and and you will be surprised how many athletes and artists in later in their life maybe not at 25 or 30 but 30 40 don't care anymore about the media don't care anymore about if they're popular or not they have so much money they can never right. spend anymore they are really willing to give back, especially when they have misfit DNA and, 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 and they are returning to who they truly are and caring for real about the greater good. I work with a lot of DJs in Ibiza. They all have a beautiful story. They're all willing to help other young artists to, to, 
fund people, to help people, to, to give power and advice. And that is really powerful because it's really becoming a movement. And that is what I see with your platform as well. You inspire people, you give people examples. It's, it's, that is all we need. I want to talk about um, companies and, and what the future looks like for them. Because I think they having some some headwinds where you know startups can rapidly scale. There's a sort of there's a social impact sort of wave yeah. happening, and you know we see a lot of sort of greenwashing, uh, yes. and a lot of different levels. How I guess when you talk to to big companies or when you assess the landscape of what's going on when big companies, you know, are trying to do CSR, uh, yes, 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 initiatives. I, how do you look at the world of, I guess, corporate philanthropy or CSR, or I guess there's a difference to what it is now to yes. what it can be, I guess, if we get the right people in there doing strategic uh, philanthropy within big corporations, because just like athletes, they have, they have a big stick, right? And they can, they can move markets. They can really affect issues and social change in a lot of different ways, do you think it will it will get better or do you think it'll just kind of be greenwashing and then you know a start a startup will come and sort of take take them away you know eventually yeah it was a very good question i i can give you my answer which is very uh, honest when i started my social media marketing business we were kicked out at most of the big brands but you know what we said if you want to be in social media you're not going to pitch us like the brands do with big agencies. You need to pitch, 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 pitch. We say we do reverse pitching. We hmm. ask five questions. If we think you're a greenwasher, Hollywood purpose, bullshit marketing. Uh, I believe in, in social media, the first thing brands should do is ALF. Always listen first. Hmm. Uh, in ad tech and martech, we've been taking technology and digital media. Uh, and what have we done with it? We try to spam people in new ways. That is really ridiculous. Mm -hmm. YouTube is now more spammy and worse than traditional television ever was before. So I don't see that as progress. So I see a lot of failure in, in media and technology. What I do with a lot of big brands, I do the same now. I do reverse uh, pitching. I ask them five questions to detect if they have one most important thing of all. Are they authentic or are they greenwashers and Hollywood purpose bullshit marketing? Two, mm -hmm. fury of the founders. The system is broken, in my opinion. Most of the listed Fortune 500 and other big companies, they have made a deal. They are NASDAQ listed or whatever. They have mm -hmm. a deal with shareholders and it's about profitability. And, and I have a very simple solution for that, but they don't want it because they're not authentic. I could easily say in the stock market, the NASDAQ, for example, Shell or BP or Coca-Cola or Nike, the stocks, every idiot and investor understands stocks, of course. But I can also make a shadow index that says, how good are you for the planet? And if you are a nine in money, for example, as a Nike or Coca-Cola, but you are a four because you have no Patagonia level, an investor could really see, okay, I can make a lot of money, but this company is really destroying the world. There is a company beside it, a little bit less on the NASDAQ, but doing an eight, very good for the planet. I'm going to invest my money here. If we make that system very transparent, it, it's going to be very easy and you carve out the greenwashers, but yeah. it's going to be very difficult because the structure of most of the listed companies is that they hire a CEO for $3.5 million per year. He promises something to the shareholders. He gets a big bonus. That is very difficult different than Fury of the Founders. And then I talk about Richard Branson, which is a serial entrepreneur, a billionaire, and a disruptive misfit. Elon Musk, who, of course, he, he does what he wants. 
I tend to work not with big brands and corporates, uh, a few exceptions, of course. There are a few good out there, but I've chosen to work with social entrepreneurs, course artists and course athletes, uh, because I can make pace and scale. Ten Boyans can save the planet or the oceans. Uh, five Cristianos or five Novaks or five Serenas or five Steve Aokis or Carl Cox, uh, DJs, they can, they can change the world because they have the fans. And if we mobilize three, three and a half billion people, why do we need to wait for corporates? And why do we need to wait for politicians? We, we create a movement that they have to join. So I like to reverse the pyramid. You understand what I'm saying? Wait for corporates be, because it will take 10 more years. Let's start. <laughs> no, no, really. Or maybe longer uh, because they're very money driven. And that is okay. But a lot of people have a heart and a soul and they have a bigger cause than only being profitable or making more and more and more money. And it was interesting, I guess, Jan at Patagonia, I guess it was a couple a couple weeks ago, right? They sort of restructured yeah. into a, a a different sort of corporate structure where they could never, they can never be sold. It's sort of most of the profits go back into, you know, climate nonprofit or, or let's just say yeah. nature and earth, earth mm-hmm. sort of organization. Mm-hmm. So it also just, it also takes, you know, founders, right? And yeah. like you said, social entrepreneurs, cause artists, whatever we want to call them to think differently about even corporate structures. As boring as that may sound, it actually it actually is very impactful because when a company can't exit, right? When a company has a mandate, not to shareholders, but to stakeholders and to nature, the oceans, whatever it may be, it might be just a community owned, those corporate documents or whatever you want to call them, are binding, right? And that's a powerful statement that an organization or company and founder can make where, you know, when when he leaves or and passes, like he knows what he built or what the team built will last for for a very, very long time, right? I mean, that's that's an incredible feat. No, and I think with Patagonia, I, I tend to look at intentions of people. Mm-hmm. People that have, uh, like Patagonia, they've been doing it, for, they've been leading the revolution for already mm-hmm. 10 years. This is not a tax trick. This is not something. It is in line with what they've been doing authenticity uh, for 10, more, 10 years already. Uh, and I look at that. And, and the, the cool thing that you're doing with your platform, people need inspiration, amigo. That's why I'm mm-hmm. live on stage yeah. speaking. I recently spoke at a big conference in Austria, Vienna, 6,000 people in the audience, a live stream to German, Swiss, and mm-hmm. Austrian television. Being able to scale your message and to talk to the right people and inspiring them to do good is really helpful because people are searching for this, but they need inspiration, they need ideas and imagination. And I give, can give you a very simple example of my space kid, a sci-fi youth. I embrace who I truly was, a space yeah. kid. I have a lot of imagination. We now are in an era the coming 20, 30 years where... I believe in technology, exponential technology uh, to empower humanity and society. We now have under the hood of Industry 4.0, 50 disruptive, we're talking about disruptive for good today, the very disruptive exponential technologies. Basically, if our linear minds can be more nonlinear, if we can dream big, if we again start to be like we were as children, imagining Walt Disney and a beautiful world, if you can imagine the future, you can create it. There is nothing in my path, in my ideation so far, where technology was limiting. And I can mm. give you an example. I'm, I'm an ocean activist with Richard Branson and ocean, acti- uh, ocean summits and, and activism. We needed data. 
because data don't lie, politicians do. Mm, mm-hmm. We tapped into Starlink, Elon Musk, Space for Good, Radiant 6, uh, Space for Humanity, companies that have the satellites out there. Yeah. And we said, listen, what we want to do is, for example, the whole Caribbean Sea from Miami, Mexico to the Caribbean to the British Virgin Island, that's a big part. Can we use your satellites to, one, monitor turtle populations, two, overfishing, three, coral reef quality, for deforestation. So the birds in the sky, space technology is protecting our oceans and our uh, forests and our lands. So I call it triple play. It is all possible. It's working. We're doing it for five years. We're monitoring. And if politicians say, no, we're, we're not shopping uh, the Amazon, we say, uh, here's the data, motherfuckers. Here's the data, yeah. Well, yeah. Huge, if we see huge, that, yeah. Yeah, if we see coral reefs that are damaged, we, we, we connect into the ocean community and they say, Pe- guys, you want to help us clone new coral reefs in, in that or that part of the sea? Yeah, of course we want to. But it all starts with imagining that the birds in the sky, what if they could monitor and that is the thing with technology nowadays, exponential tech, we can do it 10 times faster. Yeah, I talked to, a, I'll, I'll send you the link after after we're done, but I had a conversation with a uh, with an investor that invests in sort of uh, deep tech startups. Yes. And one of them was around uh, plants. And basically what they are doing is essentially listening to plants talk Yeah. and, and listening to essentially what they're saying, right? So think about like an agriculture, right? If you have bad crops, right? Or you have plants that are sort of dying in certain areas, you used to have like, you used to just have like these sensors that would do something and you have to go out and you have to do whatever. But now they have a way where the plants can tell you that they are not feeling well, essentially, yeah. right? And that they need to be sort of taken care of or they need more sun, they need more water, whatever it may be, right? Yeah, you get the whole predictive modeling sheet and you can do that even... It's unbelievable, bro. It blew my mind. It was insane. It's crazy, bro. My dad is an Israeli. I come in Tel Aviv a lot. and I'm in a few uh, social good or um, uh, cause startups. And uh, the technology that they have there is so incredibly advanced. I learned to say to people, don't think about the technology anymore. It's no longer a limiting factor. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're so right. I tell it all the time. I tell people yeah. all the time. Don't, don't yeah. think you can't do it because no. it could be no. done. <laughs> no, but bro, th- this is the story. And I, if I call Fury of the Founders, another misfit, Elon Musk, you can say what you want. He, he led the whole car, electrical car revolution, where the big brand said to me in every speech 10 years long, all the big car brands, Igor, your speech is amazing. But if you return here, please never speak about Tesla again, because everybody will, everybody will laugh at you. He said, let them laugh. Yeah. Now he's doing it with space. Eh? I, well, I think the biggest achievement is still Starlink. I don't no, think but, that but, gets enough. I don't think it, that gets enough no, rewards and flowers because that's amazing. No, but, exactly. But it is also the question that you asked, why, why don't you aim at corporates? I don't believe in corporates at the moment. I believe more in companies like uh, uh, from Richard Branson or Musk. Why? Neil Armstrong, NASA Technologies, they've been laughing at Elon Musk for years and calling him an idiot. Uh, now he's lending back the rockets yeah. on the belt of a paper cup. Yeah. So the thing is, uh, and now they gave him a contract for $2 yeah. billion. Can you yeah. do it for us? That means that private space companies now with exponential technology can do what NASA wasn't capable to do for 70 years. Can yeah. you imagine what that means for the world if you want to apply that to do good and to scale doing right. good? to go green, to go and yep. to make the world a fairer, greener, better place. 
everything is possible. You just need culture, DNA, and purpose-driven leadership. We need more Boyans, bro. I want to end on this. I want to end on public speaking and, and the ability to to get an audience focused, right? Because we have all these, you know, obviously there's a lot of different things we can do to distract us, right? Yeah, I, I guess, it, and I think it's just it's so important. I, I wish I had this skill set, you know, eventually, hopefully I'll get better at it. But, you know, I, like many others, don't like speaking in public. You know, right. it's it's a very, it's yeah, it's not something you want to, we, I want to do, right? But I guess how over time, did you become good at it? Was there was there a moment that, or was it just something you felt passionate about and it was never an issue for you to, to be able to, to just speak naturally to, to audiences? I guess, what are some of the things that you would give advice or tips to people who maybe they're oh, a founder, yeah. right? Maybe there's something yeah. and they need to have that in their DNA, right? They need to, to attract that. They need to have that talent and that skill set to get their cause and their vision more out there. It's such a unique skill to have, but it seems like it can be developed. And I wonder if you can give any advice or tips to, to how to develop that skill set. Yeah, very good question. Well, to go back, I didn't want to become a public speaker. I hated it. No, <laughs> but, grandma, but grandma said you had to do it. So you had to do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and, and to be honest, grandma was old and traditional, but but very visionary in many things. Experience. <laughs> I, I co-founded the IAB, the Interactive Advertising Bureau, 1997. Holland, we did the UK and the US because we wanna, wanted to standardize, professionalize and grow the digital uh, industry. And that was really needed because it was a mess. So out of that role as the chairman of the IAB for a few years, I had to speak at seminars and conferences. I, mm -hmm. didn't, like it. I didn't like it. Because everybody in the traditional hated the internet or they say, Igor, it's a hype. Uh, the, the internet is bullshit. Don't even uh, talk about it. Everybody was, of course, very uh, arrogant and, uh, and delusional or in denial, like we mostly are with new things. And Netflix was a hype. YouTube, stupid cat videos. But in under seven years, Google and Facebook took 50% of the media industry. So yeah. let me be crazy. Let me be an idiot. So I had to speak. Mm. And it, mandatory and I didn't like it. Then there was a, a conference where a very famous Dutch speaker and writer said to me, Igor, what are you going to do with this? He said, bro, this is around 2000, mm -hmm. 22 years ago. He said, what do you mean with this, Ben? He said, what, 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 you need to become a professional speaker. He said, oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> no, but, but there was no some, something. Still today, public speaking is a mix of O's, CEOs on stage in the lineup. I call them karaoke speakers, people that are a consultant and want to sell the book. Are they, sure. really, are they really good? Do they really have something to add? Do they really have the power and the charisma and the convincing skills and the track record to be authentic and entertaining and inspiring an audience? That is difficult. And this is how it started. I said, Ben, what do you suggest? Should I wear a t-shirt? Call all... 0800, I'm a speaker. He said, no, idiot. I bring you to a speaker bureau. He said, yeah, yeah. People don't know me. Who's ever going to book me? This is around 2000. Slowly, but steadily, it was growing. There came a few uh, bookings. But I also thought, well, this is really cool. I can inspire an audience. I have a mission. So I start calling speaker bureaus and events. And I say, hey, I'm Igor. I'm, uh, I've done a lot of shows. I'm a good speaker. You want to see my reviews? And they say, no, thank you. Toot, toot, toot. And they hang up the phone. <laughs> so every artist, like a DJ, if you're a beginning or a talented DJ, right. you can only play the opening set in the afternoon in Tomorrowland, but you can put it on your portfolio. You're not the headliner act yet. Sure. 
and and Igor is Igor. I was kicked out of professional football, and and that really hurt me because I will never know if I was really really good or if I was average or so. And now in public speaking, I I put the the, the bar at the Olympic level, amigo. Yeah. I said. Very simple. I want to be a professional, full-time, global speaker. I have a bucket list. I want to be on the biggest events on the planet because I fucked up a football career, and this is my second chance to, to, to make it right. <laughs> and and then, of course, I did a lot of theater lessons. I did dramatic dramatic expressions. I I learned a lot. I had sensei and people who coached me. I set it up. My speaking is very important. A lot of events don't pay for speakers. A lot of lineups. I wouldn't like to book a hotel for a flight and an expensive ticket because the lineup is very often walking advertorials or sponsored sure. speakers. Sure. I, hate, sure. I, I walk out of the venue to never return. I don't even want to be part of that lineup. Mm -hmm. If you make people fly and travel and pay for an event, they should be having a real super lineup can be a mix of young people, CEOs and professional entertainers or speakers, but you need to offer quality and, and not lie. We have the world's greatest speakers knowing that you have karaoke speakers. So right. to a lot of speakers I coach, I say my speaking career, I owe to the DJs. I have a few DJ friends that said to me, Igor, don't rely on speaker bureaus. Mm -hmm. they, they see you just as a walking fee. They're right. not here for right. you. Build your own artists, management and booking team around you. And I said, newsflash, bro, to the DJs, I don't have groupies. I don't have backstage tickets. I have no vodka. In my rider, in my rider is a black coffee without sugar and a bottled water in a glass bottle, no plastic, please. And that's all I have. I don't make the fees that the DJs make because I make nice fees, but of course not to be compared with the DJs. Sure, so, sure. Uh, by the way, all my fees, 100% of all my fees, speaking fees, go into my social fund to fund. I want to play a tie break with Serena Williams, amigo. She back, <laughs> no, she backed 60 startups. I 24. That hurts me as a as a as an as a, uh -huh. yeah. a natural born winner. I wanna I wanna <laughs> to seek. So it's not about the money, but it's about the quality that you can bring. So my advice to people is: if you are serious about public speaking, there is many ways you can speak once a month, where you can be a full time professional uh, and a global speaker. I always say: look at your purpose, passion, and paycheck, and your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Because it sounds very sexy being a professional full-time global speaker. Now, the, the downside of that, Grant, is that I, I am home at Christmas and Thanksgiving. Right. Right. So it's also socially a little bit awkward because, for example, in the pandemic, I, I didn't lose everything. I also lost my lifestyle, my friends, my yeah. My uh, the people that I call soul family. You're not able to see them. Uh, so you have to make good choices. But my... Advice to speakers is get your training, make it professional, stand out, make it personal because a personal story mm -hmm. mm. is unique and nobody can copy that. Uh, I speak for 20 years about the fourth industrial revolution, industry 4.0, but there are many speakers that can speak about it. Mm -hmm. Making it personal, my story, where I come from and what is my vision, my exits, my role, my why I chose to be a course artist. That is unique and nobody can copy that. And I hope that a lot of public speakers uh, will work with their own team and not only rely on a speaker bureau that, that can mark up. They have 500 to 1,000 people in the database. Why would they care about you? So there is many ways in speaking from 
doing uh, occasionally a gig to and and where my choice goes i think that for example tony robbins and joe rogan are people i really admire because they also speak up eh? joe rogan was in the pandemic almost kicked off spotify because he dares to touch on certain topics sure uh, the other big speakers gary v and jay shetty for example in the last two years they've never ever mentioned the word for me they're not heroes they're cowards and i know that's politically smart and I, and there are good speakers and i find them inspiring but when it's about making very important choices in life for me they are no course artists because they will not say anything they will not touch upon politics they will not touch upon any topic that joe rogan and uh, tony robbins would do so that is a choice you have to make there's a lot of choices in becoming a speaker and what is annoying to mm. me is that the people that really care the malalas people don't care we get no following but if you're kim or fake news show or uh, a loud mouth or fake it till you make it you have a lot of followers i don't care bro i have the power to be disliked yeah <laughs> It's, no, it's, great, it's a great yeah. skill. It's no, a great I, skill. I, I really do, but it's tough. You need to work hard and you get banned and social media banned and you get kicked off. And I always have to look at what do I want to do and why do I do what I do? And is this really worth it? And and how can I can keep scaling my message? It's hard work eh? because if you're banned from social media or shadow banned and your, your voice of reason is being censored all the time, It's difficult to grow an audience and to scale your message. It's very difficult, but I'm okay. I also say to people, you have to understand a few things in the in the vanity metrics world of likes, likes, likes. Mm. I'm B2B mostly. I inspire a lot of business leaders. That is mostly only 10% of if you are a TV host, you have consumers. So if somebody has a million followers, I have 100,000. That is normal. Don't get nervous. I reach rich brands and Elon Musk and, and powerful people, and you reach a million consumers. I'm happy with what I have. Those people can make an impact. So I'm not crying when people ask me, why don't you have so many likes? I don't care. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. And That's I know that. That, that the people that are uh, standing up or speaking up or taking risks, yeah, that in this world, you, you better have a fat ass or a, a six pack. And then you have, no, no. And then you are a, a hero on Instagram, but I'm big on LinkedIn and Twitter and I have a following and I'm happy with it. I rather uh, influence three world leaders than uh, 200,000 people. But the 200,000 people can also become, of course, uh, part of the the mission, eh? yeah. People yeah. that get inspired by, for example, your ideas, your platform, the interviews and the podcasts you do. People need inspiration, and that's I love why. It, my man, thank you. Yeah, that's. It's amazing. I'm right. I'm writing a book, bro. If it will ever be finished, I'm. I'm not sure. <laughs> Where's it at? Where are we at? Where are we at in the? No, I'm at chapter three. Uh, okay. for, for six months already, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> the working title is Misfits. I want to scale my message. I cannot do mentoring and coaching on individual level, but I'm able to help a lot of people, artists, uh, wannabe speakers, speakers, and, and social entrepreneurs. So I, I'm going to finish the book because I feel it's my responsibility to do a bit more on scale, you know? And yeah, don't, you need to do the audio book. Yeah. Do the audio book to it. Yeah, I will do it both, you, bro. That would be that would be epic. Um, it's for you a tip. I forgot. If you're not yet uh, an established speaker or you don't really like it, speak, transcribe it. There's yeah. nowadays a lot of tools and software. Yep. You don't have to be on a stage, but if you if you are an okay speaker without an audience, transcribe it, and you have beautiful yep. blog posts, and and you can you can share the same story in 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 um, 
text and, and videos so, and visuals. So you don't have to do it with spoken word. It's still a very, very powerful medium. The, the yes. word, the, the printed word is still immensely, immensely powerful. Probably, probably will never go away. So yeah, the there's printing, always that. The printing right. press, they, they gave us uh, 1439, they gave us mass media. Mm. And it's still very powerful to write because I also follow a lot of people that have very interesting and powerful stories. I all put them in my database, labeled and tagged, because those people that are not speakers, but they in, in, in writing, they have very powerful and impactful stories and very inspiring. So there is many ways to inspire people. And let's be honest. Many people are educated through their ears, but also many people watch a video or yep. to read. Yeah, people so people the- learn in different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, my man. This was an amazing conversation. I truly appreciate your time. I know you're you're busy. So I, I'm always super gracious of, of people taking time out their day to, to sit and talk. And it's just, uh, but do you still uh, I'm just grateful, man. Call them nailed you. Hey, course artist, I was looking for it. I found your platform. We need to talk, bro. That is two years ago now. Yeah. Maybe, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, man. It's almost exactly two years ago. Almost yeah, exactly that, years. really inspiring. I send your site to a lot of people and a lot of people respond and they say, wow, there is so many ideas out there. And, and even for small business owners or little yeah. artists or bigger yeah. artists, and athletes, there's so many things that your platform is inspiring and uh, inspiration and imagination are the start of any movement or mission so uh, keep doing what you do bro you rock thank you so much my brother thank you so much have a great day 